Rose, Ailey McIntyre, Team GB Sailor and Olympic gold medalist. Welcome to my new podcast, Out of the Shadows. Out of the Shadows is this concept, I guess, that is based on how I felt my entire life, which is I was in my dad's shadow of his gold medal, and then I sailed with the reigning Olympic champion, and then was in her shadow. I wanted to share my thoughts and my feelings on what it's like to come out of someone's shadow. There's so many pressures and emotions with that, and I think it's something actually almost everyone can relate to. We're here in association with Quotesearch.com. After Johnny Brownlee on episode one, I'm delighted to welcome a second Olympic gold medalist onto the series. Well, I guess kind of three if you include me. My guest on episode two is Matty Lee, who famously partnered Tom Daly to 10 metre synchro gold in Tokyo. Hi Matty, thank you so much for joining Hello. us today. It's all about out of the shadows, so following this theme of um, you know, my sailing partner was a previous Olympic gold medalist and my dad was, and this feeling of that you have to live up to something, that you, you're mm-hmm. trying to break out and trying to get out of that feeling of being in the shadows. Is that something you ever felt, diving with Tom? Um, I mean, I'd be lying if I said no. Um, you know, it is, it is Tom, Tom Daly. Um, he's someone I always looked up to as a young kid. Um, and then when I finally found out I was doing synchro with him, I was like, oh God, like, I've, you know, I'm, I've got to now live up to his expectations. Yeah. And, uh, and obviously there's a, there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. And like, obviously you've experienced it. Um, it's not easy at all. Yeah. Did you ever get this feeling of like, I definitely experienced imposter syndrome. Like even though I'd won multiple world medals, I was ranked number one in the world on my own right. Then yeah. when I teamed up with Han, I just was like, I don't feel good enough to be here, even though I know I am. Yeah. I know, I like Tom's ranked and is... Uh, currently, hopefully one day I will be better than him. Um, <laughs> but he was always ranked higher than me. But I still had, I still proved myself individually on my own throughout, throughout the years. Um, but yeah, as soon as I know what you mean, as soon as I started competing with him, I almost felt like people. I don't know. I always felt like people were just like, oh, you know, you know, you're only getting those results because you're, you know, you're alongside Tom, and you're only getting those scores because you're alongside Tom. But I always knew that it's, that wasn't the case, and I yeah. feel like. We both proved it at you know the at the Olympics that it's it, you know you, you both have to do the best the best and anyone who watches that and thinks that Tom carries you off the platform. <laughs> <laughs> I, to be fair, look, luckily I dive really well, so like I, no no one. They say, don't know anything. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> How does that work in practice? You know, so you're training every day. You're uh, trying to get better. How do you overcome those feelings and? particularly on performance days, to know that you're giving your best? I mean, with, with competing alongside Tom, it, I, in almost every way, it, it made me rise to the occasion. Like, I knew I had to perform better than I ever have. Um, and weirdly, because I knew he was so good, I, I, I never had to worry about him. Because in, syn- in diving, in synchro, yeah. you both have to do a really good dive and you both have to do it at the same time. And in other synchro partnerships uh, from my years, I've never experienced what I did with Tom, where I knew I just had to concentrate on myself because I knew he would just do the job. Um, yeah. Even though I remember him saying to me after, the Olymp- after our final, when we got gold at the Olympics, he, um, he said he thought he was going to bottle it. 
And when he, to- when he, t- when he told me that, I was like, oh, don't say that. Because, like, I wasn't worried about him. I was more wor- I was like, don't bottle it, Matty, don't bottle it, Matty. But if I would have known he was, like, flustered and everything, I, I think I would have yeah. probably buckled under the pressure. But um, he, I, like, it always helped me rise to the occasion uh, with Tom. And I think at the same time, like, I improved a lot with my, like, my mental strength. Um, throughout the three years I did train with Tom. Um, and that probably be- was because I knew I had, you know, all that expectation and that I also wanted to prove myself. Um, and I know Tom's last synchro partner, Dan Goodfellow, uh, they got a bronze in Rio. Um, they did an amazing job. But I remember the, the tabloids and everything after that event just didn't mention Dan at all. And that I know for a fact that was horrible. But, like, obviously that's not on Tom. Like, Tom yeah. would always try and bring people with him um, and share that limelight equally because it is an equal job. Uh, but I know for a fact Dan had a few tabloids where he just wasn't mentioned. And I remember yeah. there was a whole thing with his mother, like just like writing to these papers and like, you know, just being like, what you, like those two people there, not just Tom. Yeah. Um, and I was always afraid of that happening. Um, like, I don't know, I think when, because we actually got the gold medal together and obviously everyone's been following Tom's journey um, since he was like 14. Like, I feel like they did actually uh, give me equal-ish um, exposure and stuff. But I guess it's just one of those things you just got to, you just got to ignore it. You got to, you know, just train as hard as you can and not let these people that think, oh, you just, you know, you're only getting those, uh, you know, those medals or those spots or those scores just because you're alongside Tom. You got to prove to them that, no, I can do it as well. And and like, luckily I did. (laughs) Absolutely, he did. At his first Olympics, Matty performed superbly alongside his more experienced partner. Although, after three of the six dives, Tom and Matty looked set for silver. Their Chinese rivals made a sensational start. The pressure at that moment must have been unbelievably immense. One slight mistake and the chance of gold was gone. I want to get deeper into these emotions. How did they feel and how did they cope? What's your process together to walk up together? I love the fact that you were so focused on yourself and it sounds like Tom was on himself, you know, just worried about bottling it. How does that process work and and how do you stay in sync together? So it's, we we worked a lot on um, the process, especially like it's, it's always keeping the same routine in diving and probably many other sports, like on the day, like it's all mental. Like, your body's ready, your body knows what it's got to do. So it's all about muscle memory, but in diving, it's all mental on the day and, like, it's whoever's got the, the strongest mind wins, really. Yeah. Um, and we worked a lot with our psychologists on all of that and we did, like, instead of just... Because usually you just see your psychologist individually, um, but we did a lot of work where it was me, Tom, my coach, Jane, and my, and my psychologist and, like, working out like what I don't like, what I do like, and also with Tom, like during training, during competition. Like for example, Tom would ask the question like, Matty, what would, like, what would it look like if you did a bad dive and you, know, you get angry or upset? Because these dives, like, w- w- you do six dives in a competition and they come around quite quickly. So you don't have an- enough time to yeah. like calm down or like reconfigure. And you know, like I would tell him like, just actually with you, talk to me. Like, I don't know, tell me everything, like not tell me everything's all right, but be really transparent and also vice versa as well. And I know for a fact with Tom, he just, 
I just need to leave him to it. Um, he'll, he'll get his mind back in the game. Um, so he worked a lot on that. And also in the actual competition, we, well, that whole year, 2021, we, we, well, because of COVID, we didn't do many competitions. We, mm. we only competed three times, including the Olympics. Um, and looked like we had an amazing year. We were undefeated in all, in all our competitions. But the Chinese divers weren't at the other two. So it was our first right. time. That, this was similar to us. We, we yeah. had seen some of our competitors. And it's weird, right? Going to the games mm-hmm. and not knowing where they're at and how they've done. Yeah, exactly. And I think like, they could have sent their athletes... There was, I don't know, they had to like, they could have sent them to these competitions, but they would have had to do like a silly quarantine when they got back. So they just chose not to. And I think they chose wrong. I think it was probably worth doing that because the Chinese are usually so dominant in diving. Um, like we, they won every event apart from the one we beat them in. And I think they should have definitely sent those two because we competed during the year. We got like a feel for everything. We even got to compete in the actual Olympic pool because at the World Cup, oh, it's always a test event. you went to Japan, did you? Yeah, so we, um, the year of the Olympics, our World Cup is the last chance to qualify for the Olympics and it's always in the Olympic pool. It's like a test event for, I guess, for FINA to like, you know, get like, I don't know, get used to what it looks like, you know, what competing looks like in that Olympic pool. Um, So we actually got a feel for, you know, we had every advantage going into that competition. So it was almost like just a mental gain that we knew we had. And I feel like they just... Like, Chinese don't ever drop a dive. They don't ever do a yeah. bad dive, and they, they did. And so clearly, I think we, we beat them on the mental game, and that's why they kind of bottled it under pressure. That was dive four. Out of nowhere, the Chinese messed up, while Tom and Matty pulled out their highest scoring dive of the final so far. It turned everything around. It came down to a nail-biting final dive. The Brits had their chance, They knew it, but they also needed one more piece of synchro brilliance. It was next level pressure and that requires focus, total and utter focus. I spoke to my psychologist about this and he said that in diving, you usually focus a lot on like the Olympic rings always being in the bottom of the pool and that moment that that's not normal, they're not normally there. And so... That very last moment, you're climbing the ladder, you're starting to see the Olympic rings, you're stood at the top of the platform. What's the last thoughts that go through your head? How, how do you hold on to that mental thought? Because it's difficult, right? I've had races where I'm not, like, I'm battling with myself. I'm trying to get myself in the right space. How, how do mm-hmm. you do that? So, like, I remember, like, the psychologist did loads of work with, like, trying to ignore the rings and, like, and, and, tra- and, they were like trying to change, like, because they were saying like, oh, treat it like a normal competition, but it's not a normal competition. Yeah. So, so like change. <laughs> like everyone says. A lo- yeah, and like change a lot of like what you normally do. And I actually luckily ignored all that. Um, uh, like I made a, just a personal individual call and I just ignored all of that sort of stuff because like, for example, there was, because you, you would get a Samsung phone when we're at the Olympics um, and they, they were saying like, you know, um, and you get a SIM card with it and they're like saying like, turn your other phone off, like, just send that number on your Japanese phone to like your mum, your dad, or whoever, like you're close. And I was like, no, because then I'll feel even more nervous because I can't talk to my mates back at home, like, and they yeah. make me feel relaxed. So I actually, I ignored that and I did treat it like an almost normal competition. And weirdly, Tom's a veteran at the Olympics. He's, I think that was his fourth one. Um, yeah. So he's used to seeing the Olympic rings or whatever. But like during my actual competition, I, I, I was just so much in the zone that I didn't, I didn't, luckily I never made eye contact with any of the rings because I was thinking that, like, I always had dreams, like, coming up to the games, like, what if I felt out on that last dive, walking to the end of the board and I just 
just fixated on the rings and just got all flustered yeah. and nervous. But I think luckily, like my, I don't know, I was just so much in the zone that I could ignore that. But I remember this is funny. Well, it's not that funny story, but just before that last dive, we were on. Yeah. So as a diver goes off, you kind of like move up a platform. So like, for example, we'll be on the five meter and we still yeah. got quite a few people to go. And then we'd, a diver would like, they, they would do their dive and then you'd move up to seven meter. And seven meter is the one just before 10 meters. So we were about to do our last dive, like full well knowing that we're in a very, very, very good position. You know, all we had to do was, well, not all, we had to nail it um, to secure it. And the athletes beforehand left, because a lot of athletes use a towel on the end of the board for, I don't know why, I don't use it, for like grip. And then they put it back on the railing, which like ruined the TV picture. So um, the like TV people were like running up the stairs, like trying to, looked all flustered. And yeah. I was like, I was like trying, I was literally holding onto the rails, ready to like start climbing up onto 10 meter. And Tom was like by my side. And then this guy looked all flustered trying to get by me. And then I kind of was like, can this, like in my head, I was like, can this guy just move? Like, what's he doing? And then Tom just spoke to him normally, was like, is everything okay? And he was like, oh, we just need to move that tower. It's ruined thing. And Tom was like, don't worry, I'll move it after, uh, before my dive. And I was just like, kind of listened to that. I was like, oh my God, like we, ne- like, we don't, that's like interrupted our mental like preparation. Yeah. And I was like, oh God, like I hope everything's all right. Like, well, thank God you didn't gonna... know Tom stood there going, I'm breaking this. I'm gonna... <laughs> I, know, I know. But I think that because he had a normal conversation, it almost like brought him down again. Like he's like, yeah. oh, it's, it's just a, well, not it's just a competition, but you know, like life is will go on. Things um, happen no and it gets in your way no matter what. Yeah, yeah. How did you, did you two recover? Did you two talk after that? Did you, did you reconnect or did you literally just let it breeze past you and carry, it calmed your nerves, it calmed Tom's nerves and off you went? So it was, it was literally right before we were about to like walk up onto, uh, to do our last dive. We didn't actually say a single word to each other that, like during that whole competition. Like nothing. Like we just no, knew what, what we had to nothing. Do. You didn't finish. You were, you were never like nice dive. No, actually no. Yeah, you know you're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I, I think like after, after the like because he, he'd always he'd usually always like he would go in the water and sometimes you can see it on the um, on the underwater camera. He'd do a good dive and then because you know you've done a good dive because it feels Wait, really nice. Wait, there's an underwater camera. Yeah, yeah. It's sometimes very risky um, <laughs> if you don't tie up your trunks too well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and he he will he will look up at my splash. Well, hopefully there's no splash, but he'll like he'll do his dive and quickly look at it and see if like because you can tell if it's if there's yeah. no splash because you can see the water all dis- disturbed. So he'd always like look to check if I did one, and then sometimes he'd be like, "Well, I I, I would always be like, yeah, yeah, it was good. I think that was all I said. Like, yeah, good, like fine, like because I yeah. knew I did a good one, and then like I knew it wasn't bad, so I was like, yeah, good." Like, just to, like, reassure him that I also did a good one. And then, obviously, when the scores come up, and also, when you come out of the water, you, if you've both done a good one, you can hear that, even though it wasn't much of a crowd, but the, to be fair, the atmosphere was actually quite a lot because when a, when a team or a diver is, like, giving the Chinese a run for their money, all the countries support you, and it was actually really, really nice and special. Um, yeah. So there was a lot of noise. So I think he it's always knew we did. It's crazy how that happens, isn't it? This I know. Feeling, everyone wants to take down the top dog. <laughs> yeah. It was actually a beautiful moment, like, knowing that everyone... And, like, I remember after, like, when we finished and when we found out, like, we just got, like, bombarded with, like, all the countries, like, coming over, hugging us and oh, saying well done. So after a dive, we'd say something small to each other. But then after that, we'd then, like, sit down next to each other and we'd... No music, just kind of just... Yeah controlling our breath because the adrenaline was crazy like my I could see my chest rising because he is chest rising so we're just like breathing and staying yeah. quiet and then other than that like 
he'd say ready, I'd say yeah, he'd say one, two, three, go. And that was pretty much the extent of what we'd actually talk, like what we'd actually say to each other. Yeah, you were just so in the zone, focused yeah. on ourselves. They did it, they won gold. What a feeling. I know what it's like. It's honestly unbelievably hard to describe that feeling. Everyone always wants to know. I think the only way to even bring it to people's mind is this massive sense of relief, like an enormous weight has been lifted off of you. A few weeks after Tokyo, all of us lucky enough to win Olympic medals had the chance to celebrate at the Team GB Ball. And this is where things get really interesting in terms of that pre-event psychology. Matty doesn't know this yet, but Tom let me into a bit of a secret that night. Actually, he was so down to earth. Like, mm. And I can so relate to everything he said earlier about, I can so imagine him wanting you to get every bit of credit. You know, he, he seems yep. exactly that person. Uh, but he told me that for the first time in Tokyo, he actually believed that he could win gold with you. And, uh, yeah, he said it's the first time he's believed he could do it. And, no uh, it just, yeah, and it just made me think, like, did you know that? Well, apparently you didn't. Well, no, so our coach banned me and Tom from saying, like, gold, or, like, the gold medal right. one number, like, and, and I, I think that was a good shout because, you know, you do, like, press beforehand and what have you, and, and like, I'd do, a, I don't know, a, an interview for a local newspaper in Leeds. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, so you're going for gold? And I was like, I remember saying, of course. And then I remember it was like, my lead goes for gold. And then yeah. Jay, my, my coach had a right go at me. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, so we kind of banned. But I also had a, like, I had a weird feeling as well. Like, I would always have these dreams and, like, kind of visions that, like, like, the, my visions of me winning a gold wasn't on my, like, it was with, like, with Tom was always there in his visions. Yeah. And so, like, it, I feel like, not it was meant to be, but, like, I feel like, th- th- I knew that was our chance, but at the same time, like, I never, like, I always got scared of those visions because I didn't want to think about it too much because I hadn't yeah. done it yet. I didn't, that's actually really they sweet always made Tom, me feel, Tom said that. Yeah, I know. Well, when he said it, it made me think, God, does Matty know? <laughs> no, no, I, don't, I didn't know. I didn't, and if, he, if I would have known that, I'd, I don't know how I'd have dealt with that. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. Like, it sounds like you two were such a close team. Like, you weren't just two individuals. You could come across in diving, right? You teamed up relatively late together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yet it seems like you were so cohesive. You worked really hard to be a team. Do you think that ultimately made the difference between you winning and losing? 100%. Like, I've had single partners um, throughout the years. And, like, I've been really close friends with them. Um, but we've never been, like, me- mega successful. But with Tom, like, we just, we just glued together really easily. Like, I moved from Leeds to London to start Synchro with Tom. So, like, I had no friends in London, really. Um, and he would, like, invite me and introduce me to his friends. Um, so, like, we just, we were really close. Like, on the weekends, we'd just hang out. Yeah. Um, and I remember our coach always saying, like, no, you need to do your own thing. Like, yeah. diving during the week. And then, and I was like, no, like, and we both said, like, when we're with each other outside of diving, we don't talk about diving. It doesn't feel like we're diving. And so we got really close. And I genuinely believe that was the, not the, but that was a huge part of our success was being so close because we just trusted each other. We wanted the best for each other. Because sometimes in diving, it is like, I stopped doing individual to concentrate on synchro. And I, and I think that did help because if I still did individual, that means I was hopefully still competing against Tom. Yeah. And that can sometimes cause a bit of like, you know, not conflict, but like, you know, sometimes you're like, you're still, well, at some point- We are you still rivals. Want want, yeah, yeah, This was exactly, one of my questions. Exactly. Like this, it's an interesting dynamic, this idea that, 
you could still be rivals and a team. And that's quite a tricky space to manage. Like Han and I, before we teamed up, were proper rivals and yeah. uh, didn't talk or anything. So that, I can't imagine that gets in the way of the dynamics. Yeah, and luckily, like, I made the right decision to just concentrate on Synchro to really build that relationship, um, knowing that Synchro was my only thing that yeah. year. And that definitely helped, because, like, when you're doing Synchro with people that you're still trying to fight individually in other competitions, like, it, it is a bit weird, because you'll do your Synchro event, and two days later, you, you're going against them. So, like, it's yeah. a weird one. But we, the way me and Tom worked, like, we just wanted the best for each other, and I supported him in his individual a lot as well and he would really help me in my synchro because he also knew that I gave up individual just to do synchro with him to better our chances. The Out of the Shadows podcast is in partnership with QuoteSearch. QuoteSearch is the new way to search, compare and save online. They provide a truly independent and impartial service which is why you can be safe knowing the prices you see are comprehensive and competitive. You're listening to Out of the Shadows with me, Ailey McIntyre. My guest on this episode is the amazing Matty Lee, gold medal winning diver from Tokyo. Not long after the Olympics, Matty signed up for the ITV programme, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. A big commitment, another massive challenge. Firstly, I've watched the whole thing. How yes. annoying was it not getting to do a challenge? Very, very, it was actually very annoying because it was such a fun show. I, I loved every little bit of it. But like when you're, there was one time I didn't have a challenge or a trial for three whole days. And that means you just literally sat in camp, so bored, just, and the only way of like, I don't know, make, I don't know, having a fun time is just chatting. Like, cause there's no, there's no way to entertain yourself at all. You're not eating nice food um, and you have yeah. to do the, the chores and what have you. So that, like, not doing a trial or challenge was really annoying. And then finally, I finally got to do a trial. And then it felt like I was then doing, I was, like, doing more. And I was like, yes. And then yeah. when people left, they're like, I was doing more. And I was got like, yeah. to do more and more, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So doing the trials It became less monotonous. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, you, you'd want to do a trial or a tri- Well, you definitely want to do a challenge because they're normally fun. Trials are really scary, actually, because I hate not knowing what I'm doing. Like, I hate it. And, like, and like when you, obviously, when they say, oh, you're doing a trial, it's like that feeling because you don't know what it is and like some of them are awful and then also some of them like for me like not a walk in the park but like I didn't mind the critters like it was fine and it was actually really I like I'd watch Anandek swoop in tell, tell us who's doing the trial and it was always Naughty Boy and then he, they'd literally instantly swoop out and then that was it and like I'm on their show yet I haven't even said a word to them and then fine, <laughs> yeah. finally like on my first trial I was like, I was like oh my god I, I was buzzing to meet them because I've never met them before and I was like, and they were just really nice. And then as soon as it like, because yeah. when you walk in on the trial, like that's live, oh, not live, but they're filming. And then as soon as like, and then it cuts and then they like have a normal conversation with you. And it's actually really, really nice. Oh, cool. That's really nice. I always wondered if they do actually have a nice little yeah, chat no, as well. They, they do. And they, they're, they're really sweet. And they're like, really, I don't know. They, it, they felt like they cared about you, which was nice. Ah, oh, that's really nice. Yeah. I think then you had, uh, like, you got really close with everyone. Yes. And you got really tight and you had some, like, amazing conversations. And mm-hmm. obviously the big one about you getting bullied as a kid for yeah. being a diver. And how did that, you know, firstly, that was so brave to talk about oh, on <laughs> national TV. And I think you probably inspired so many kids. But 
do you remember looking back at that? Do you remember sort of ever wanting to quit, ever wanting to give up? Um, I, I definitely, when I was a lot younger, I definitely wanted to quit a few times. I, I don't think it was ever because of the, like, ne- never because of the, like, the bullying or the name calling. Like, I feel like that drove me more to do it, which is, which is good. Yeah. There was, there was times definitely where, because it, it was so scary. Like, as a little kid, like, and then your coach was telling you to just jump off a high board and do a flip. Like, that's the most yeah. scary. And you just don't know how you're going to, like, I was a proper wuss when I, was, when, I was, when I was younger. And I used to refuse to learn new dives and I used to cry loads on the end of the board. And like, there was a lot of times where I'd come home and I'd be like, like Mum, I want to quit. And my mum, <laughs> luckily, like, my parents were really supportive in a way that they weren't mega pushy. They were just like, well, if, yeah. you're, not, if you're not enjoying it, like, try a little more and if not then we'll find something else to do like they were never like no you're not quitting like they never said no when I said I want to quit they were like well they always find an alternative or like a few times they were like my mum would be like just just quit like we'll we'll find something else to do and I think that was the best way for them to approach it towards me because yeah it made me realize like I'm just being a teenager like I'm fine yeah. <laughs> like oh I the look. amount of times my parents said to me are you sure you want to do this it's okay <laughs> if you want to quit <laughs> and all it did for me was drive me all harder yeah. I was like no I'm carrying yeah. on I'm getting exactly. through this yeah and what do you think you like do you think that taught about yourself do you think that experience helped mold you then going forward to be more resilient to the criticism like do you think it helped you going to the games yeah, it, it must have done because, like, I remember in high school, like, the lower years of, like, year seven, eight, and nine, like, I just would get bullied for being a diver. Um, and I remember there was, like... My school was really supportive, actually. Like, they, they did they did amazing for me. They let me miss a lot of school to go and yeah. compete and what have you. And they were always supportive in a way that, like, you know, in an assembly, they'd put me up and say, oh, Matty's done this, and there, there I am, a little little kid in, in a pair of trunks, and then I could just hear everyone giggling. And I was just like, ah, oh, like, it was like, it was a bit embarrassing, like, it was a bit annoying. Wait, they used to get you up in your trunks in assembly? No, no like, uh, uh, not, not me, but like, on a foot, like, I a photo. A fo- yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh yeah, that would be, no, that would be a, a no-go, God. Never um, mind them falling off underwater, that yeah, would be awful. That would be the worst experience ever. Um, yeah. But yeah, they, like, and then, like, you know, I could hear people giggling and then, you know, then the name calling yeah. and blah, blah, blah. But then, like, it's funny because then, like, in the the higher years of school, like, I started then to become popular and it was obviously because of diving. I, I wanted to ask this. Like, there must have been a moment where all of a sudden, like, I remember the moment where all of a sudden school started to realise I was good at something. Yeah. And then, yeah, you're propelled into all those people who have been calling names. Like, yeah. All of a sudden... Exactly, and I feel like that's always the way. Like they like, then school was fun for me eventually, um, and it was nice. Yeah. And I think that definitely like with with criticism and like hate and you know on social media and all that. Like I don't, I haven't experienced a crazy amount of that, which is which is good. Um, I think well during the Olympics, I think Team GB had an organisation helping yeah, to like yeah, mute yeah. them, so I actually didn't see much at all. But like I've, I've ex- or there wasn't any Matty. Yeah, no. Everyone just loves you. <laughs> no, you no, 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 no. You're like the nation's sweetheart <laughs> after the game. But I think more recently, though, like obviously the more followers you get, then you just get these like trolls and stuff. And it's just like yeah. I think that's definitely helped. Like my experience when I was younger, like it just helps me just ignore it because like from back then, like they were just either jealous or just I don't know, I don't know, something was wrong with them, so they'd try and make me feel rubbish, and I just kind of. Yeah. I kind of look at it like that even now, even though they were all adults, it's still the same. (laughs)
I find this super interesting. I wonder how those early experiences of being bullied and how that helped shape his view of the world now perhaps worked in his favour come that final dive in Tokyo. Coming through such a horrible experience has made him way more of a man than those schoolmates who laughed in his face. A great lesson for us all. So what now for Matty Lee? This is a really interesting time for both of us as gold medal winners, but still with more to achieve. And just as my partnership with Hannah Mills has ended, so Matty and Tom have gone their separate ways. Well, for now. He was, he was my best mate. And we'd just spend all day together. We'd train together. We'd get lunch together. We'd have a coffee together. And we'd train together again. And then we'd probably spend the weekend together. Well, not yeah. the whole weekend. He's, he's got a husband and a kid. So I have to leave him, <laughs> you know. Sometimes you have to leave it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I've actually, I have been struggling since he, like he's having a year out at the minute. And it, it is, it's, I feel a bit flat without him, honestly. Like, and training yeah. is not as fun. And almost at training, I have no one to relate to. With, like, my coach, Jane, who got me and Tom to get that gold, she's having a year out too. So both of those people that had, who I, could sh- who I shared that uh, experience with aren't there. So, like, it has been hard coming back to training after last summer. Like, mm-hmm. I, I have struggled a lot with, like, motivation and drive because, like, yeah. I don't, like, my first Olympics, it was already a dream come true. Like, I've always wanted to be an Olympian and then... And then getting the, a gold medal, which was always in my dreams, but you just never, I just never knew, you know, you just, I don't know, you, you don't yeah. think it might. I, obviously, I hoped, but, I, you know, being realistic, I, yeah. I, I never thought it would actually happen. And then it did, and then it's just like, okay, what, what now? What next? And not having Tom or Jane there has been difficult, because, like, I'd always go to Tom for all my advice, like, even with relationships, outside of diving, even, like, with diving stuff, like... I used him as a comfort blanket for sure. And reassurance as well, like, because I doubt myself quite a lot, even though I shouldn't. Yeah. But I do. And he would always be like, look at that dive, it's amazing. Like, you, you can do this, yeah. like, you, you got it. And now, like, that's not there. It's like, it's a little bit, it's, it's tricky. And it's almost like now I need to learn to become that on my own. Yeah. I honestly cannot begin to relate more to everything you just said like I've got exactly the same situation my coach has left hands gone <laughs> I am so staying a new team and yeah. I literally feel exactly the same I, I can so relate to that and particularly that last bit feeling like you now need to step up to be the person that you have you need to become someone's comfort blanket yeah have you figured that out at all have you have you figured out that space in any way um I, like I I'd say I'm, I'm, I'm on my way. I'm, I'm definitely yeah. going in... Because for a while, I was kind of just stagnant. I just didn't know... Didn't know how I was going to, you know, get there, find the motivation. But, like, I, I've, now, I've now found my motivation and my, like, purpose of me being an individual diver and be, doing it on my own um, and proving... Not proving to anyone, just proving to myself that I can do it as well on my own. But, like, it's obviously... There's, it's a, there's a long way to go, for sure. Uh, I just I just feel like... What I've took from it all is that I, me, I managed to get a gold medal with Tom. We managed to beat the Chinese together. Why can't I do that on my own? So that's, yeah. that's kind of what I ask myself. And then I say, well, you can. Like, you, you yeah. did it before. Like, you can do it again. So, yeah. And so that's the goal. <laughs> this next time, the goal is you want to go in as an individual? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and do you want to do both? 
Uh, yes, I, I'll, I'll definitely do both. I'm starting synchro with a dive called Noah Williams. He was he was at the uh, in the Olympics. Yeah, um, he didn't do yeah. too well, but he's an, he's, a, he's an amazing diver. Um, he's a bit younger than me, so it's almost. This is another thing as well. Like I have now taken on the role of what Tom was to me, yeah. uh, and now I've got that role for Noah, and it's quite and that's quite fun because now I'm the more experienced one of the partnership, and um, so that's like a whole new um, thing to just look forward to as well and kind of build. It's like a cycle, yeah. isn't it? Like you were sort of in Tom's shadow, and now someone's yeah. in yours. Like you are. That's what I found so hard to get my head around, that I'm now the gold medalist, that someone's living under me. And that's never been. My entire life, I've lived under someone yeah. else's, and that's this bizarre Have you thing. raced since the Olympics? I have, yeah. Since being a gold medalist? I have. I think, for me, it's the, um, it was the pressure of it, of feeling like the gold yeah. medalist, and, like, I still have to prove myself. I'm definitely struggling to understand how I cope with this yeah. different feeling. Because... If I'm honest, since the Games, I've just felt so content. I felt like I've achieved everything I ever wanted mm-hmm. in life. And so sometimes it's hard for me when it's going badly to think, why yeah, am yeah. I? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why am I still doing this? I've got it all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I literally feel like that. I'm like, I've got what I always wanted. I, I, couldn't even, I never even thought this yeah, might happen, yeah. you know. Particularly when you grow up with one outside your door. Mm. It's like a... Yeah, a weird, a weird feeling. Yeah, so like if Tom and... I hope he does come back because I do miss him a lot. Yeah. When or if he comes back. And I like Noah, my new singer partner for this year, he, he understands and knows that if like Tom does come back, like me and Tom would jump back into synchro with each other. Yeah. It's a horrible set. It's like it's business. Like it's not personal. And, and yeah. in a lot of sport, it is like that. And you just got to not take it personally, even though sometimes you, it, you might and it does feel personal. Um, but Noah does understand that. And then individually, like he's had a year out. And I, I haven't, you know, I want to be the guy to be. I want Tom to try and beat me. So yeah, that would yeah, yeah. that, be the aim. He wants not yeah, you yeah, off your exactly, pedestal. Exactly. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've loved the chance to speak to Matty Lee. Before we wrap up our chat, there's a few final things I need to know. Do you feel different in yourself since winning gold? Yeah, yeah I, I, I do. I, I feel, I usually doubt myself. I usually... I'm a bit shy or what it's it's not made yeah. me like be someone completely different but I because I, I think like just being content now with with what I've done and what I've achieved yeah. like I've done everything I've ever wanted to now I'm just kind of doing it because I love it and I, and I still think I have things yeah. like individually to prove and that's why I'm still training and diving but I think it has definitely I, don't, I think I just walk a little bit more confidently. I think that's what it is. Not not like crazy. Like I'm not like walking through yeah. people like, excuse me, do you know who I am? It's funny. It's funny. Like my mates. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah my, it's funny. My mates like whenever if I like go back to Leeds or whatever. Like and after the Olympics, like they're all like, oh, like this. We'll we'll go out and they'll be like, oh, like this is a long queue, Matty. Just go to the front and say, do you know who I am? I was like, I was like, do you know who I am? Like I would never ever dream of doing that. Like that to me is just like, like no way. Like, and I just feel a lot more content with myself and just, I guess, happy. Like I, I have done what I've wanted to do. So I'm now in diet, yeah. like, and I've had a bumpy road the whole way through and like missed out on Rio and stuff. And now I'm just like, yes, like I've, and I've had a lot of people come to me like, you deserve that. And I, and I was like, I, and I've actually been like, actually, yeah, I, I did. And thank you for saying that. Yeah. I do deserve that. Yeah. 
I, I mean, I, I, honestly, everything you say, I'm like, yeah, I missed out on Rio too. No and it way. was horrible. Yeah, Worst time yeah, of my yeah. life. Uh, but yeah, and then to do it, finally, it's this unreal yeah. feeling, isn't it? Do you think the TV, like doing I'm a Celebrity, do you think it added to that feeling of walking a bit taller and feeling a bit more? Yeah, definitely. Like, in, like it was... Did, uh, like, obviously, after the Olympics, there is um, the post-Olympic, like, depression, and it's a thing, like, you feel feel a bit but like yeah. I it did that mine didn't hit me until after I'm a celebrity because after after the Olympics I was still on a massive high like celebrating and being with my fans and uh, family and friends and going on holiday yeah. and then I knew I had I'm a celeb to look forward to but I had to keep it a secret and then I, and I did that and that was something very crazy different to anything I've ever experienced and like and then after yeah. that I actually like it hit me hot like really hard because obviously the Olympics and all that hit me and then and then also being on I'm a celeb like knowing you're part of like such a like a big ITV show, like, and then all of a sudden I was just back in my flat, like, like now <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm a no, like almost like a nobody. It was actually, it, I, and I struggled quite a bit, um, for sure. But I think that like eventually, like obviously you, you kind of get out of that and like it does a bit, but like people might come up to me like, oh, you're that one from Amsterdam. I was like, no, I'm the Olympic champion first. Like that's, that's who I should be known for. Not, not all oh, you were the one on Amsterdam. Do you think you've gotten over that? Because I've, I've struggled and I had it to a much lesser degree. Like, it, it took a while and I, I, did, I did struggle quite a lot. But like, and I think, like even with, because like with training as well, it took me a while to get back into it. And like, training is hot, like really hard, especially like pre-season. And you know this, and like, it's not always, it's not fun. It's gruesome. Yeah. And then the only bit that I really enjoy is when I'm doing my hard dives again. And competing and then you can't do that until you've done all of this yeah. and I'm like now finally out of that phase because my off season was obviously extended a little bit well I actually came back did a pre-season then went for five weeks to do I'm a celeb and then came back then had a, my own little pre-season again and then my shoulder started hurting and I had to like taper for like two weeks and then luckily my shoulder's fine and it was just a bit of like stop start and I was just like getting a bit fed up um, but like I'm now finally in a place at training where I'm like do my harder dives again I'm moving well I feel fit I feel good um and I think that was like the main thing for me I just needed to get back into the thing I love doing and I'm like finally there so I think that's that's what's helped yeah look I could literally ask you so many <laughs> questions I feel like there's so much I also want to learn from <laughs> you I, and I just want to learn from you and your experience too because it sounds like in many ways it's been so similar yeah. that I guess to finish it off, let you actually get back yeah. to training. Um, oh, wait, no, actually, do it, I'm do going to start this first. Training, training. So I really struggle with this, like training so hard. When I get up in the morning, if I was having a tough day and I didn't want to do it, I was like, just, in, I used to let myself imagine about winning a mm. gold medal. I'd be like, just think about that feeling, imagine what it's going to yeah. feel like. And, and that would give me so much drive to carry on. How did you, how are you now, how did you firstly do it before? And how are you doing it now? Because now I'm like, hey, crap, well, I know what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm like, I love that. that. How, do I, how am I going to drive I think forward? before, I remember, the three years running up to the Olympics is when I, like, moved to London. And I really switched up my whole training, my whole, everything about me. Like, I, I, I basically became a professional athlete. Like, I, like I, I'll be honest, I wasn't, I wasn't before yeah. that. Like, one thing Tom, Tom taught me was, when we get onto that end of that 10 meter board at the Olympic games on our first dive, you want to look back and be like, I've done everything in my power to get to the best point in 
myself physically and mentally and I've done every bit of training that like so there's no regrets but like now it's 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 obviously different because I like you know Tom's not there like and training is it's a tough it's a bit more difficult now like because of the motivation yeah but I think you know you'll wake up in the morning and just like I've many times even last week I remember waking up and being like I could just I could just ring in sick like I, I, I could just have a sick day like I could I could I know I had this I tried to camp last week I was like I could get on the early yeah. Flight <laughs> yeah like I could do it but like guess what I, I never do that I like because I know for a fact like once you get up and once you get to training you will feel better and also like I love the social part of my training because uh, diving in the club I've got here where we are quite close and I enjoy it whether if I'm at my flat like I've got a, my flatmate he's my best friend from Leeds like He's great crack, but at the same time, like, I love to, I just love the social part of it, and I love knowing I'm yeah. doing something, like, it's almost like a nine-to-five job, so, like, I feel like I'm actually, I don't know, achieving something if I actually get out of bed and get going to training. So, who do you ring when you phone to phone in sick? Do you ring your coach? I don't know, no, I'd, I'd be... <laughs> say you actually are, okay, you're not okay. faking it, say you actually are. <laughs> if I'm actually ill, um... I guess I would, like, I'm scared of phone calls, especially coaches. It gives me anxiety because, like, I, if, if, if they ever ring me, I'm, I'm in trouble. Yeah. I've, like, slept in somehow or missed a training session I didn't know I missed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'd probably, like, I'd probably text and be like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I'm my coach, I'd be like, I'm, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm ill. I've been up all night or whatever. And they would then probably ring me and my anxiety would be like this. I'm like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Your anxiety's like, oh, God, I'm in trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so you're in Paris, you've made it to Paris, you're walking out for your final dive, you've got a teammate next door to you, someone leaves their towel at the top, it's ruining the TV shot, how, how do you hope you deal with that situation? I hope I deal, deal with it exactly like Tom did, just to say, because if, if he would have left him like fluffing and he would have been really in, like he was in our space, like we, like, and he just, diffused, Tom just diffused it instantly, he was like, everyone okay like just just and almost like just treat it like a normal conversation like not not that we're about to do our last dive that's really important because then then your the mind starts thinking of all that yeah. sort of stuff you just be like everything okay I'll, don't worry i'll move it i'll sort it and then it's done and then he goes and then i yeah. can get back to it so hopefully I'd... and it's in your control Exa- yeah exactly it's, it, you're, you're in control and that's what you want to be when you're competing Oh, amazing. Thank you so much, Matthew. I've had so much fun nah, chatting. Nah, um, it's been good. Hopefully I get to meet you one day. Yeah, that would be really cool. I hope so too. Thanks so much to Matthew Lee for being a phenomenal guest and good luck to him, Noah Williams, and of course, Tom Daly. Please let me know your thoughts on the interviews in this series. Email me, outofthepod at outlook.com and follow us on social media at outofthepod. We're here in association with Quote Search, and this is a 9419 production. I'll speak to you all again soon.